Speaking of marriage, I'm really excited to uh, uh, introduce our speaker this morning, which is my wife, Fiona Bray. Woohoo! I'll introduce her in a moment, but shall we turn to the Bible as, uh, as she comes up in a minute? Uh, to 2 Corinthians 4, starting at verse 5. Two Corinthians four, uh, five to eighteen. It says this: For what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, "Let light shine out of darkness," made His light shine in our hearts and give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive and always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that this, his life may be also revealed in our mortal body. So then death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. It is written, I believed, therefore I have spoken. Since we have that same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak, because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you to himself. All this is for your benefit, so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. And so we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So it is my joy and privilege to welcome Fiona to speak to us this morning. We don't often see Fiona, and what you'll learn from Fiona, she's, uh, she, she never pushes herself onto the stage, and, um, it's, but it's always an encouragement when she does speak from the stage and her story, which she's going to tell this morning. I met Fiona back in 2010 when we were but 20 years old, and uh, we got to know it. She was my alpha group leader. And I was just a student doing Alpha, and uh, we hit it off straight away. And um, but we've we've got two young young boys together. We moved to the Bay a couple, uh, almost two years ago now, loving every minute. But would you please give a warm welcome to my wife Fiona Bray? Let's go. Morning, everybody. Um. Yeah, this morning I want to talk about hard times and um, this topic by its very nature is a painful one. And in about two minutes I'm going to briefly share something that I went through and for some people that will bring up memories or fears that you didn't expect to have stirred up this morning. So I just wanted to give you a warning. In a few minutes I'm going to mention something and if you'd rather 
head out to the back or privately somehow tune out, feel free. Um, but it's just one sentence and then I won't mention the specifics again. But as well as my story being potentially triggering for some, like this topic will feel close to home if you're going through a hard time. And I hope that anyone in that space feels able to come forward for prayer at the end afterwards. I hope church is a place where we can talk about hard times. And um, if I get a bit emotional when I'm talking about it, that's okay. It's because it's a difficult subject. Um, there's a musical I like called Hamilton, and it has this song in it that talks about going through the unimaginable. And I hope we don't spend too long thinking about the unimaginable in our lives, but I think we've probably all heard something and that's going on in someone else's life, and you think, oh, can you imagine going through that? Um, for some people, they don't have to imagine because they have gone through that. Or maybe you're sitting here this morning thinking, I am going through that. It could be the death of a loved one, ill health, relationship breakdown, financial insecurity, housing insecurity, hopes and dreams shattered. Whatever it looks like, uh, it's an incredibly hard reality to find ourselves in. And as you probably realize, being a Christian doesn't make us immune from these times. Yet this passage that Matt read to us talks about a way of experiencing these moments in life that push and press and hurt. And despite that, we're able to not lose heart. Now, part of me doesn't feel particularly qualified to talk about hard times. And sadly, I'm pretty sure that I'm not the best person in the room in terms of knowing difficult times in life. But there was a day um, that I'll never forget last year. It was uh, our little boy's first day of school. Uh, he was so excited to start school, his new uniform and everything, and we dropped him off. And then we got in the car and headed to the hospital. I was pregnant and we were excited for our 12-week scan. And it was a really big day in our house. And we went from being very happy to being plunged into the most difficult time of our lives when the sonographer told us that the baby we could see on the screen, our baby, had died a week earlier. And what followed was an extremely difficult and painful time for both of us. And there were moments since then when I didn't want to hear stories of people walking through fire and not being burnt or seas miraculously parting, or hungry lions not taking a bite. I wanted to hear things like this passage, which talk about people going through really hard times, the bad thing happened, and they knew God was close to them, and they made it through. Like in this passage, talking about outwardly wasting away, yet inwardly being renewed, of being hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. So this morning, I wanted to share two things I found helpful from this passage in the Bible, an encouragement to always know who is with you and to remember how the story ends so that we do not lose heart. So firstly, to not lose heart, know who is with you. There's this viral video I love, which many of you would have seen, um, where a man named Guy went for a job interview at the BBC in the IT department and he's waiting in reception. And at the same time, another man named Guy had gone to the BBC reception because he was an expert in a topic that was gonna be discussed 
on BBC News Live that morning. <laughs> Some of you have seen this. It's, good. it's an oldie but goodie. And um, he was going to be interviewed as the expert. And now we never actually get to see expert guy because when they came downstairs to collect him from reception, they accidentally collected the wrong guy, the one that was there for the job interview, who probably was told to come this way for the interview. And he was like, yeah, great, you know, maybe a bit nervous. And then found himself mic'd up, sat down in the studio on live TV, being asked questions about a topic he didn't know very much about. And bless him, he gave it his best shot. But I think we've got some screenshots actually of his face. <laughs> he realized he was in the wrong place. <laughs> This was not the job interview. Um, yeah. Watch it if you get like, you just have to Google something like BBC interview wrong guy and it comes up. Um, the person that collected him from reception that mic'd him up that started asking those questions, they didn't know who was with them. And in the passage it said, for God who said let light shine out of darkness made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. So who is with us? It's the God who spoke light into darkness. The God whose glory is displayed in the face of Jesus. The God whose power is all-surpassing. And it's that God that chooses to put his light in our hearts. That's who's with us and he couldn't be closer. For me, back in September, when everything was most raw and painful, my five-year-old came into our bedroom one morning and he looked through the curtains to see the sunrise. Now, some of you know we love a good sunrise in our house and um, there's been many times where bears will come in in the morning and say, Mummy, you've got to have a look. It's a really good one this morning. Um, and that particular morning, he came in and when he looked through the curtains, he gasped. And he told me he had never seen so much light before. And then he kind of did this funny, exaggerated shock face and then lay on the floor blinking. <laughs> and um, yeah, he couldn't believe what he had seen. And I bet you would like to see this super duper special sunrise and you're in luck because as I often do, I took a picture of the sunrise that morning and I think it's, yeah, there we go. So you might be disappointed because I don't see anyone lying on the floor right now blinking in awe and wonder. <laughs> And actually, I'm sure that isn't the best sunrise Bez has ever seen. But when I was reflecting on this, I wondered if maybe Bez really did see more light than he'd ever seen before that morning. There was something about what he saw that made him react in a way that he has never done before and never done since, with such awe and wonder at the amazing light. And what I do remember is that his words felt significant at the time and have stayed with me ever since because whilst I was in the depths of grief and loss and pain and darkness, even then it was impossible to ignore the light. We were so aware of God with us and his light shining through those around us that at times it felt overwhelming. And when I think about the times I most appreciate light, it's when I'm struggling to see. It's in those moments of darkness. And there is so much that can be said about the character of God, but in this passage that talks about hard times, Paul reminds us that God spoke light into the darkness. And we may be a bit flippant with that phrase if we've heard it enough times, but take a moment to consider how vast the darkness must have been. And then our creator God simply spoke and light burst through the darkness and we've never lost it since. 
In the darkest month of the year, we often read a passage at Christmas services about Jesus, and it includes the verse, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. It's a short verse, and there's this great thing you can do online where you can look up a verse and see all the different English translations of that verse. Um, And when you do it for this one, um, the bit that remains unchanged is the beginning. The light shines in the darkness. No one's questioning that. The second bit is where you get some variation, and that's how the darkness responds to that light. So you can read, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it, did not grasp it, has not understood it, did not overtake it, can never extinguish it. The light shines in the darkness. And that verse is about Jesus, and Jesus himself said, I am the light of the world. When you're going through tough times, it can feel very dark. And I want to encourage you to know who is with you. God is with you and his light will never be overpowered by the darkness. His power is all surpassing. And it's this which enables us to not lose heart, not because of us being particularly strong. Jars of clay sound quite fragile to me, but it's the contents in us, in me, in you the light that shines out of the darkness, that reveals Jesus, that is an all-surpassing power, not of our own, but of God's himself in us. A few months, uh, for a few months now, we've started saying uh, every family dinner at home, uh, we light a candle and we say together, Jesus is the light of the world. And as I mentioned, I love to see the sunrise and see light cast over the new day. I wonder what daily habits you might have in place to remind you of God's light that cannot be overcome. But more than this, I want to encourage you to better know who is with you. Read about God, talk to him, listen to him, spend time with him. Discover more about the God who is with you to the very ends of the earth, on the mountaintops and the depths of the valleys. So firstly, to not lose heart, know who is with you. And finally, remember how the story ends. Sometimes when we watch or read a story with our our children, they might get a little bit scared. And I'll say to them, yeah, but do you remember who always wins in the end? And they know to reply, the good guys. And it might make that Disney mild terror a little bit easier for them to bear because they know that their hero, Peter Pan, or something's going to win in the end. Um, But beyond that sort of temporary comfort, I say it because I really want them to know in their heart of hearts that good triumphs. That light overcomes darkness and that we can speak confidently of how the story we're all in ends. In the passage it says, therefore we do not lose heart, though outwardly we're wasting away, yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Paul says that when we remember how the story ends, we look beyond the decay and troubles that are temporary, and we see the eternal story of renewal and life everlasting. Our creator God is not done with us yet, and when we remember his story, which we are all a part of, we do not lose heart. I had never taken more comfort or been more grateful 
than I was last September, that when we see death, Jesus sees life. I'll say it again because I really, when we see death, Jesus sees life. Our bodies and present struggles may be temporary, but our souls are eternal, and one day all suffering will cease forever. And we need to remember how our story ends. It's so important in life and helpful to fix our eyes on the unseen truths and realities. But I also want to caution against um, skipping to the end of other people's stories. There's a social media trend where you see a point in someone's life and then it says, can we skip to the good part? And then you see the good part. You might be going through sort of a boring airport waiting or something, um, you know, uh, yeah, airport waiting. And then suddenly you're at a glamorous holiday destination or someone's pregnant and they're suddenly holding their baby or, you know, dramatic house or garden renovation. All these things that seemingly took moments because we all want to see the good part, but the work along the way of getting there is maybe less interesting and certainly less memorable. And some of the stories from the Bible that I mentioned at the beginning, walking through fire and not getting burnt, sees miraculously parting and hungry lions. I felt like God really challenged me in my thinking there because I had skipped to the good part, the memorable part of those stories. And when I reread those stories, it felt embarrassing to have suggested that those people didn't know hard times enough to be relatable. And God made no apologies that if you wait around long enough, the stories he's part of always come good. And God reminded me of the story of the greatest good part of all and the moments that came before. Because our confidence in knowing how the story ends is only possible because of what Jesus did for us. Jesus was hard pressed on every side. He was crushed, persecuted. He was abandoned by his friends and followers. He even felt the abandonment of God on the cross. He was struck down, put to death, carrying our sin and shame outwardly wasting away to the extent that he was a corpse in a tomb. But he was not destroyed, he overcame. Do you remember, God's power is all-surpassing. This means for us that however hard, however crushing, however dark it seems, because of the cross and resurrection, there's an ending in sight where all is restored, all is made new, all that is broken is made whole. The cross and resurrection give us hope for the future. Jesus himself said, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, for I have overcome the world. Just like this church and beautiful Torbay, the Bible is full of people going through hard times. And there's so much that could be said on this topic. But my prayer for us this morning is that we could confidently go through life, the highs and the lows, and not lose heart because we know that God is with us and we know this story ends in triumph. And if we can live those truths and God's light shining through our fragile jars of clay, fixing our eyes on the eternal, then when we find ourselves in those hard times, in our weakness, we will see God's strength. His light preventing the darkness from reigning. And as we find ourselves not losing heart, we'll instead be renewed daily. And as we draw to a close, I want to encourage those who have listened very nicely, thank you, um, but maybe don't consider themselves to be going through hard times right now. And, you know, long may it last. I'm so pleased for you. Uh, but could you consider the fact that you have this light in you 
And how could you help bring that light to other people to shine in the darkness? It was put there to be seen. And for those of you here this morning that are walking in the daily struggle of hard times, I'm so sorry that you're going through this. And I'm so glad that you're here this morning. I hope some of what I've shared has been helpful in reminding you that God is with you. And these present struggles are not how your story ends. There's an opportunity um, soon to get prayed for, and I really hope that you would allow someone to pray for you. But I'd also like to say, if you're going through a hard time, please ask yourself if you've got someone you could talk to and be really honest about how you're doing. And if you don't have this or you need additional help, um, be brave and ask for it. One of the first things we have to do is when we start thinking about becoming Christian is recognize that we can't do everything in our own strength, that we need help. And asking for help is brave. Um, if you'd like help exploring you know, what that help might look like for you, because there are so many people and organizations that would like to help, please come and find myself or Matt at the end and we can signpost you. But one way we as a church can help is by praying. So let's pray.